With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good afternoon and welcome to our 250th episode of the Black Tuesday podcast. I didn't... People said that we we wouldn't make 10. We're 250 in now. And to commemorate such a fine day, one of my favorites, one of the absolute best people I have met via social media, you know her, you love her, goddamn you missed her, Petty Betty, Boston Ryan. How are you, my friend? I'm back. Oh, hell Yes. Woo! It is it's good hearing you. Now, we're just going to jump right into it. So, the Republicans decided to send Liz Cheney packing as far as being the third most powerful member of their party in the House. What did you, what was your take on all that? I mean, it's great for the Democrats, but how fucking embarrassing for the Republicans. It, you're the party of we need to stop cancel culture. We're the party of law and order and truth and bullshit. But you ousted a member of your own party because she wouldn't co-sign on your line. She stood up. She spoke the truth. She wasn't going to back down. And instead of saying, you know what, we should really be more like Liz, they were like, no, we're going to continue with the lies. Now, Good luck. It's weird to watch the members of the party contort themselves into this when, you know, they – to watch Lauren Bovert, who has the IQ of a moldy Tic Tac, sit there and try to condemn somebody else is weird to me. Now – no one's saying that Liz Cheney is a, a story member of anything because she's not. No. But nope. just to watch the Republicans fight among themselves is the best thing in the world. People are now saying that Elise Stefanik will possibly slide into that number three role. There was an article written that is about a book, and Elise Stefanik is the one of the main characters in it, and it talks to her best, her former best friend, who is a Democrat. And it outlines the fact that her friend saw the Trump haze cover their friendship, and then they split apart and actually became bitter enemies. And pretty much at least Fennec sold out anyone she knew for the love of a man who doesn't who wouldn't give a damn about her. What do you think she will potentially bring and the change in leadership at the top brings to the House Republicans? 
I mean, this is why we this is why we've called her trash from the jump. We saw how ruthless and ridiculous she was in the first impeachment. How she just wanted to interrupt, she wanted to yell, she wanted to spout. I mean, for the love of God, she got, when she was at Harvard, she got a Women in Leadership Award. That should be stripped. This woman isn't about women empowerment. She's about the power. And she's going to become more ridiculous. And I hope that's a huge fluorescent sign to other women who are in the Republican Party that she will step over you to get to where she needs to be. She is fucking garbage. And I'm watching not just her, but uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and fellow women. Like you said, she needs to be stripped of uh, leadership in or need to be stripped of that award when if you're nancy pelosi and you're watching this unfold who's the first person you call and talk to about yeah we need to make sure that we put an end to them forever i think if i was nancy pelosi i would be on the phone with chuck schumer right now and saying we need to pass the reconciliation budget and we need to pass hr1 before 2022 comes up and we you know might not have the majority anymore it is time to get these things in motion and bills signed so that we can ensure fair and free voting to make sure that all of these never trumpers and maybe republicans who used to support their party are watching what used to be their party just dissolve, have them have more access to maybe vote for moderate Democrats and to ensure that the Democratic Party can vote to oust these people. Now, one of the things that we look towards, not just the party, but in general with dealing with stupid, stupid people in this country. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Committee or Commission, they had to put a tweet on and said, do not fill plastic bags with gasoline. Now, you're a product of an extremely great education, smart person. Why are people so fucking stupid that they're filling plastic bags uh, Tupperware containers full of gas. This is where we are? I mean, it, it doesn't surprise me. Gorilla Glue had to come out and say, don't put this on your head. Or don't put your hand down a garbage disposal or a lawnmower. Or now we have to have a little, you know, warning sign on your coffee cup because people didn't realize it was hot and it might burn you. Like, this is what we're dealing with. Just the idiots. And there are gas lines super long down south. And the thought is that this panic will go the way of toilet paper and it'll be super long gas lines up north. People hoarding gas. And it's going to take one, probably two, 
possibly three unfortunate explosions that you know somebody's dumb and will have a bunch of gas and containers in the back of their car slash truck, something bad is going to happen. Literally, it's going to happen. Huh? I said, sucks to suck. You know who's not doing that? People with electric cars. They're sitting at home watching the news being like fucking idiots. <laughs> you ain't never lie. When we come back, I want to talk about strong women. Since I'm, t- since I'm talking to one, she's going to give you her insight. You are listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FPC radio network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast. Terrence Biggs, Boston Ryan. Ryan, as you know, you are one of the most prolific tweeters out there. And I want to talk about this tweet because it hit home and it it resonates on many different levels. A strong woman is one who can build a strong foundation from the bricks thrown at her by other from others. When you look at women in politics, when you look at women in everyday life, you endure, as you know, just mind boggling amounts of abuse, microaggressions, hate, bullshit basically. How do you manage to take all this and turn it into a positive? Um, I think it, it really stems from a jealousy um, point. I look at Cat Williams, the comedian, had a, had a great stand-up where he talked about the haters. And he said, if last year you had eight haters, this year try to get 16 because the more people who are hating on you for becoming a better person and voicing your opinion and trying to educate and trying to climb the ladder and just, you know, evolve, that's what you want to do. So you take all of those people who wish they had what you had, you know, wish they had the confidence, wish they had the voice, wish they had the opportunities, and let that feed you to just keep going. Because if you have people who are angry or want to spout out ignorance, I'm doing something right. So, I mean, I just take, I have a lifelong uh, experience with people throwing bricks at me. Good luck, because I am huffing and puffing, and you're not blowing this house down. 
Now, as a man from the outside, you know, you see men being misogynist and being sideways and jackassed. As a man, I've always been kind of curious about when women display internalized misogyny and how those haters tend to differ. Does it hit different when a woman hates on you? It really does. It really does because I just look at how powerful this country or this world would be if women got together and build each other up instead of knocking them down. Like, I'm going to fix your crown, pumpkin, instead of trying to knock it off your head. I just feel like this country would be in such a better place if women got together and instead of doing the petty, oh, you've got plastic surgery or you're fat or look at your clothes or yada, 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 get together because we are fucking brilliant and we could get shit done if we weren't so self-confident and felt like we had to knock others down to look like we're taller. Because there's a, not so much a parallel, but I take it as different. Being a black dude and you look in the black community, there's a old saying, it's or an old theory called crabs in a barrel, where the cra- if you think of crabs in a giant barrel after they've been caught, if the crabs work together, they can free themselves from that barrel and go back into the ocean and thrive. The problem is when you see one crab with a claw up and about to pull themselves over, some of the other crabs pull them down and they all suffer. The black dude, I see it in the black community all the time. When you see, I'll give an example. I speak decently clear. I've been told, well, you sound white. Oh, you sound... It's my voice. And oh, you're so that, articulate. Yes, exactly all of that. I'm like, this is how I speak. I'm sorry, it's just how I've always talked. As a kid, I stuttered. I'm just happy the fact that I speak clearly and folks can understand me. And But it's a matter of that little hate that has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way and annoyed the shit out of me. But I look at it as... Like you said, if you have eight this year, have 16 hitters next year. Also, if we transition, you wrote in Arabic that your thoughts are for the people of Palestine and Israel. Holy land should be shared. Violence never solved anything. As an American, I sit back and I watch this conflict over the past how long. I never understood fully why America chose sides and something that, you know, why would America choose sides? Yeah, not only did we choose sides, but we're funding one of the sides. You know, we give Israel $3 billion a year in aid. And I can understand where um, the perception of Palestine is that it's a country of terrorists. I'm not... I'm not trying to take that away. Are there terrorists there? Absolutely. Do they harbor terrorists there? Absolutely. But there's a lot, a lot of people who who are Palestinian who are the exact opposite of terrorists. And, you know, the United States is trying to interject in 
centuries of centuries of war and tug of war with this holy land where they're both saying it's theirs and they're both trying to coexist. And you have one country right now who's refusing to vaccinate any of the Palestinians that live in that country. And it's just, I don't understand why we took sides. I understand that there are, you know, Israel is an ally and they're part of the UN and this is what you're supposed to do, but this is not our fight. And this is not our place to pick sides. And I think any politician who does that looks ridiculous because there's, it's not a holy war and a holy land if it's going to be covered in bloodshed. And that's, I mean, the taken side, it just, I remember being a kid and everything going on in the Middle East in the 1980s, and all you heard was a certain side of it. You were just here on the street that folks, Palestinians, Arabs, were always the bad guy. And that, re- it, that trope was just commonplace. No one understood, like, why? Like, how did we get here? And people are like, that's just the way it is. As a child, I didn't really understand that that is a flimsy excuse. As an adult, there are heartbreaking pictures of Palestinian children who, little kids, suffering. Didn't cause any kind of grief for anyone. They're suffering. Why? And if peace is an it, like if peace is the ultimate goal, I've always thought that America tried to should continue or at least attempt to try to work with both sides. Or, I mean, because it, it's, you see a lot of Republicans who will defend Israel, which is fine, because like you said, they're, they're an ally and I understand that. But these are the same people who talk about land rights when we're sitting on land that directly the colonizers stole, just straight up stole. How does that jive? Um, and it goes a little bit further. The hypocrisy is is real in the Republican Party because if you look at it, we give, like I said, we give $3 billion of aid to Israel a year. Israel um, has universal health care. They offer free college and free abortions. And Republicans are... Uh, disgustingly against all three of those things. But every time they get up to speak about foreign policy, it's always I stand with Israel. Now, if we take the transition to someone who has touted her pro-Israel stance, (sighs) Tommy Lahren is complaining that she's been targeted by liberals in the street without any documentation. She said somebody threw eggs at her and that she's been taunted and treated badly. I thought that liberals were the snowflakes. Tommy Lahoran, she is such an ignorant trunt. She went on to then continue to say, oh, somebody tried to egg me, but they missed. Maybe you should practice 
throwing so you can actually land one. A bitch, somebody needs to get out a can of soup or a can of tuna and chuck that and see how that lands. You asked for it. You told people to practice. How about just not be a horrible human being and say the most racist, vile, just garbage that's used out of her mouth? You can't turn around and then play the victim. She's ridiculous. Like, she will embrace the full white woman tears. Like, she'll sit there and make these broke, bold proclamations. Bold proclamations and then you'll have people and then people will call her on that nonsense in public and then she wants to go run the fox and friends and say how she's being targeted Simple. right you're not a victim you're a volunteer exactly my thing is this don't write checks with your mouth that your ass can't cash and I've, I've been a full fan of that since the days of afro and corduroy and for me it is it's endemic of the Republican Party as far as so much big talk. Like, they talk big. Then after January 6th, they've been trying to, like, avoid talking about it. But then when you call them when they get sensitive, no, nah, you did this. You did this. Speaking of that, I want to talk about Ashley Babbitt. You see a growing number of people who are discussing the fact that since she wasn't armed in the Capitol that – those who want police reform should side with her family. How soon should these people get the fuck out? Um, I, it's, it's ridiculous. Did she comply? That's always a good response. Oh, I'm sorry. You broke into the Capitol. You were smashing a window. You were trying to climb through. You were... That is the time that you fucking shoot somebody in the neck. You are a direct and immediate threat. Sorry, not sorry. Give me a fucking break. You know, it's the entering the Capitol was the fuck around portion of the conversation. What happened after was the find out portion of the conversation. She did both. I don't feel bad. I have no pain. Um, there was a there's a Dunkin' Donuts employee who is now charged with manslaughter because a 77-year-old man repeatedly kept calling him racial slurs. The man wasn't served in the line because of his abusive language. So he went in his car, parked his car, came in, and kept calling this employee the racial slur, the employee punched the 77-year-old man. 77-year-old man hits the ground, dies. Now he's being charged. Um, at the point, do we start bailing out this? Do, do we start bailing out the employee? I know that it's one of those things that I don't feel bad. Like, I feel bad that dude is probably going to go to jail for a long time. But I don't feel bad what happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, I can understand that. I look at, like, listen, I fully understand how repeatedly having hateful, racist things said to you, and it continues and it continues, and who wouldn't want to, like, punch somebody in the throat 
because of it. it but now this guy is going to go to jail. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say, oh, you know, just walk away from it. But, I mean, if if you've been called this shit repeatedly over and over, and I can't imagine that this is the first time that this employee he has ever, you know, experienced anything like that. You know, when you keep being beaten down with heat and, you know, vile words, it's going to get to you. Do I think it should have gone that far? No. No. But it sucks. It is. And I'm, you know, like I said, I, it shouldn't have gone that far, and I do get it, like, because I've been called that a few times, actually many, and it's just, it's a fluke thing that shouldn't have gone too far, and I'm willing to just go that way. Speaking of hate, the hate crimes that involve the Atlanta, the Atlanta area spires will be charged as such. Do you think this, being in Georgia and Governor, the Fulton County District Attorney said that they're seeking the death penalty and hate crimes against the shooter. When you hear this, what crosses your mind first? I think it's great because it, it, it's the state DA that decided to charge him with hate, hate crimes when this could easily have just been a federal case. Um, so I think that that's a real positive because it's really clear that, you know, this guy targeted Asian women. And now, you know, six out of eight of the victims were Asian and they're all dead because of this schmuck. I don't know if like the, federal government could tack on to that just to be like, listen, the state's going to charge you, and when they're done, we're going to charge you with the same thing, just to ensure that he's not getting out of anything. I mean, if you're putting the death penalty on the table, then then if he pleads guilty to get out of it, then he'll be in, you know, life without parole. So you can't really drop down farther than that. I think this is a good sign. I think it's a great sign. Now, throughout the course of the pandemic, there's been uh, chances to reconnect with family, and as the vaccine tends to, you know, get used more, and people are taking, you know, people getting their shots, you have a, you had a chance to see a family member you haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it was so. I'm going to, like, cry. Um, I haven't seen my parents in 14 months. And that has sucked so badly. And so for Mother's Day, we decided to drive to the Cape and go surprise them. And my mom got to hang out with her daughters, and she got to hang out with her three granddaughters. And it was, it was great. My sister drove, but um, I made a sign that said, your favorite daughter is here. See? You know, just because obviously I'm the favorite daughter. The video, like, stuck with me. It stuck. It, 
We're going to breathe through this one, pal. But it was joy. Like, the last year and change has been a nightmare for so many people. It was pure joy. And any tear that is shed is a tear of joy. And it's a feel-good video. If you ever retweet that, you need to retweet that because folks need that type of timeline cleanse just to see happiness. And... Um, it is the best thing it is one of the best things out there now if anyone wanted to follow you on social media how would they be able to good luck and um, don't be sensitive but you can follow me on twitter at irish rye girl I do swear a lot one of the best follows on social media, Irish Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us for the Black Tuesday podcast. This has been another episode of the Black Tuesday podcast, about 250th. I want to sit there and say when they keep going, thank you all for your continued listening, your words of encouragement, constructive criticism, whatever. We are here for it. Take care of yourselves. Damn it, take care of each other. <laughs>